Greetings from parts unknown. This is the greatest general manager in Yep I Like Wrestling history, and this is the general manager's takeover. Have you ever felt? Are you listening? Damn. Joining me today, I have Kevin Wood. Oh my god, you know I've always been a fan of Wood. <laughs> Welcome back, sir. And who do I have to my right? Well, you have Roger Adams here, oh live. God. Roger, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is so good to have both of you here. And thank you for having us, sir. Yeah, I heard Mr. We General Manager, sir. Yes. I heard we were talking about some gimmicks. Yes, we are good talking about and bad gimmicks. gimmicks. Absolutely. All right. First and foremost, let's just get this straight. I'm in charge. What I say goes. So, gentlemen, I'm going to need you to take your pants off because that's how we're doing my podcast. Okay. No, no, no. Don't, don't, don't look for Sunny. There's no more Sunny here. Okay. There's no disclaiming going on here. Right. This very second. All right. Hold on. I'm getting a text message from Sunny. Hey, Teddy, I had a feeling that uh, you may be up to something, so I just wanted to reach out and say the views and opinions expressed by Teddy are his and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Yep, I Like Wrestling. So uh, there you go. I'm away, but I'm never really away. Peace. Okay, fine, gentlemen. You do not have to remove your pants. Okay. <sighs> really, because I wasn't going <laughs> to. Yes. Well... You might not have, but I, I just I, I grabbed the belt buckle just in case. I, I mean, well, if you want to be the man that moves by the seat of his own pants, feel free. <laughs> okay, well, you know. Fine, we will do this podcast with clothes on. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about some pro wrestling news, shall we? Yes, please. Yes, let's do it. So Fox apparently is offering Vince McMahon like a gajillion dollars to take SmackDown Live off of USA's hands. I was like, well, uh, well... As uh, someone that does own some uh, some skin in the game, let's say, yes. I, I do have some shares in WWE. It goes really goes like this. It really goes like this here. So pretty much WWE, of course, they're looking for new rights deals, and USA for whatever reason. You know, we don't really like the SmackDown thing. The SmackDown thing doesn't work for us. This Raw will pay you three times more money though. But the SmackDown thing, I don't know about it. And Fox is like, well, you know, we can, we can use some programming. You know, this this UFC thing that we kind of lost. So uh, we we can use some live you know sports programming. And I was like, yo, Vince, how, how about a how about a billion dollars for five years? Does that that sound good? That sounds very good. That sounds real good. I do love your Vince impression. I always have. And uh, ever since then, my stock has jumped from, what, $42 all the way up to close to 60 Oh, wow. So, Vince McMahon, thank you so much for that. So, drinks are on you tonight. Yeah, first drinks off. are on me tonight. Drinks are on you. What do you think about this I, SmackDown I, I, movie? I'm Evan? excited. I'm excited for the prospect of Fox, another television company, coming in and looking at WWE's production and being like, hey, what you're doing is good, but we can do it better. Well, SmackDown originated on Channel 9, UPN. Yeah. That was yeah. a network. And then they were moved to CW. And then like, they, yeah, they were moved again. Yeah. And then yeah. they moved to Sci-Fi, which to this day still baffles me. I don't know why they were put on Sci-Fi. And ultimately, they landed where they are now on USA. So, SmackDown has always been treated like the stepchild. Like, yeah. oh, go. Well, not always treated like the stepchild. I mean, they were the very on Fridays, beginning. Thursdays, Tuesdays. They've been on every day. Raw has always been, boom, Monday night. Let's do it raw. Always. SmackDown, eh, it'll fall where it leaves. Now, SmackDown is a bargaining chip, but it did get WWE an extra billion dollars over a couple well, of years. Well, it did. So nothing it, to sneeze at. You know. And WWE on USA Network feels very much like letting <laughs> letting your brother sort of sleep on your couch. 
WWE moving to Fox, like right. the, like SmackDown could become the A show, in the sense that um, you, you don't know what kind of opportunities being on, and yes, they were, they were on UPN, but Fox, if you're on one of the majors, you know CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, uh, that that's that's a huge. That's a huge shift for your business, and that that could be a huge opportunity for them. And like I said, it could change the nature of WWE's television product as we know it. It's good, good stuff. I don't necessarily know if I have that much of a high hope for it. I mean, the main thing is the ratings. You know, if they can like keep the ratings that they're known for, because the key thing about this whole thing is the fact that live sports is extremely valuable in the climate where everything is DVR this and you know streaming that. So, of course, you know, it all makes sense for WWE to go all in on this, but I just hope that, you know, they, they're not lazy if they're booking and just start to fall into old patterns. I hate when people go all in and they're lazy. I mean, if you're going to go lazy, just don't put it all in. That's what I've always said. Well, yeah. Just, you know, I don't know. It'll probably be very good initially. I'll probably predict to you right now there will be a title change on the very first episode of that show. Oh, you can quote me on that. <laughs> And, but it's it's really six months to a year. What happens after that? Is Vince McMahon going to win the WWE title when they go to Fox like he did no. when they went to UPN? Oh, it could happen. God. Stephanie McMahon will win the women's title. Kill me now. Yep. And she's going to beat the person with a slap. You quote me on that too. <laughs> the billion dollar bitch slap. Oh, Speaking of slapping women, Enzo Amore did this awesome thing. In, I'm so. Oh, is it too soon? I'm sorry. Was that? Well, he was acquitted of uh, slapping women. Well, I mean, he's kind of guilty. Like in public opinion, it happened. Well, yes. well, you know, OJ was legally hey, found innocent. We're not too. doing this. No, there will be no racial talk on this podcast, sir. No, I'm in charge. I'm the HBIC around here. There will be no racial jokes. I don't like racism. There are two things I can't stand. Racism and Puerto Ricans. Those two things I don't like. Anywho, Enzo Amore filmed a music video in Times Square. Did any of you watch it? I did see this uh, did music you? video. Did you? I mean, well, it wasn't really uh, shot in Times Square. It, it looks like a it looks like a video of actually high production value. So thumbs yes. up to uh, to Enzo for We're, that. Okay, so that's my question, right? Is where the where where the hell did he get the money for that? Say fuck, this is my podcast. Okay, okay. go ahead, so, drop it. How the fuck did Enzo Mori? I'm not sure what his real, what his, what his actual name is, what his rape shoot name is. Um, where did he get like that's like they shot that in 4K. They shot something in like a desert. I think yeah. I saw something where a car got flipped. He was over. like in some sort of dune buggy at some point. And it was very Cardi B. I enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it very much. I did. Yeah, I did. but it's like. Where did he get the money for that? Who like, paid for that? You know, he probably sold all of his Jordans to actually like <laughs> scrounge up the money to uh, get the DP and the director <laughs> for that uh, production there. But like to me, he should never be allowed to produce his own songs. I actually do think he has some sort of talent, but he cannot produce his own stuff because it just sounds like garbage. He needs oh, someone good like say uh, a Timbaland. Timbaland would know what to do. Oh, I yes. would say Kanye, but me and Kanye. No, are kind we're not of on doing the outs. any racial jokes. We're not I, doing I, it. I didn't say anything not, racial. I said Kanye we're not, we're and not, me on the outs. We're not talking about Kanye. We're not talking about Roseanne. We're not talking about any racism. Okay, Sunny's away. We don't have to talk about that stuff anymore. All right, good. But I've got a funny story about Enzo Amore. So apparently, Simon Gotch. Shout out to Simon Gotch, who did a great interview on the Yep I Like Wrestling, mm -hmm. you know, page. He was talking about how Enzo Amore is such an ass kisser, right? <laughs> Here we go, and I quote, 
when Finn Balor got there, immediately he was just dick riding him to high heaven. That is a quote. I have never heard a better quote in all of my life, okay? <laughs> Enzo Amore was dick riding Finn Balor. Shout out to Chrissy, Sensational One, love. Uh, yeah. So yeah, apparently Enzo's a bit of an ass kisser backstage, and that's how he got that reputation of... The boys just don't like him. I mean, well, I could, you could actually see him on his Instagram because there would be times on his Instagram he'd be taking pictures of these famous rappers and the, the rappers kind of look like, oh, I don't know who he is, but he <laughs> wants to take a picture. I guess he's a fan. Yeah. And, like, it just comes across like you're, you're, you're brown-nosing. You're, you're, you're wilding for respect, as uh, we say in Brooklyn. Yes. Shout-out to uh, Brooklyn. I, I mean, it's true, but I, I will also say I, I hold some question for Simon Grimm or Simon... Back to Simon Gotch now. Simon Grimm, he is back to Simon Grimm and his Grimm tales. I don't, I don't doubt the authenticity of that story. I just question the the source that it's coming from, you know. And we're not in the, the locker room, so we don't know. And you, but you could see signs of like people sort of shooting on him. I felt like a lot of the the rivalry that he had with Big Cass was was, was rooted in. Big Cass's character being like, you've caused me all this trouble, yeah. and we don't know how much trouble he actually has caused for him in real life, but I also question the credibility of someone like Gotch, who's no longer in WWE. Is that what actually happened? He dick-ride him, or were him and Please Finn say Balor that again. Friends? I am begging you to say that again. Please. Did he dick-ride him? Yes. I Enzo mean, Amore was riding Finn Balor's dick. That's me, personally speaking, is like I, I don't think he would have any sort of reason to lie. I mean, what would be the upside? Is uh, Trip sliding him some cash? It's like, well, well, you know. Uh, speaking uh, of dick-riding, you, you can talk shit about Enzo. We got a place for you in the future. Well, Roger, I can't ask you because you're a shareholder. Like, you, you have inside sources. I can't ask you. Kevin, will Enzo be back in WWE programming, yay or nay? I guess I would say yay. You know, he's clearly talented. Um, Is he? Really? As far as, like, he's a compelling personality in front of the camera. H however, I feel like a lot of these rumors about him having heat and him having all these problems backstage, there must have been some kind of smoke from that fire. And, and if I'm being honest, I question how much he really loves the wrestling business. Is he is he going to leave WWE and be motivated and try to work his way back like a Drew McIntyre? Is he going to do a Cody Rhodes where he's going to go and be like, oh. I need to get better. Shout out to I'm Cody Rhodes. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to places that are going to make me better. Or is he going to be like Ryback where he's just going to like sit on oh. his couch and blame other people? Shout out to Ryback. He has a podcast too, so he's actually our competition. Oh. Damn I you, mean, Ryback. Damn you to hell. I, I just, I, I'm not going to go into a thing. I wish that I would have seen more from Ryback after leaving WWE. And I question is, am I going to be saying that from Enzo as well? Because he clearly has some potential. And I think he has an opportunity here to, to kind of like spin this into some kind of gold. You know, I would actually like to amend my answer. I would actually say no. You don't get to take it back, Roger. I was like, but I want to take it back, and I will take it back, and I'll give my exact reasons. <laughs> well, so. what is it? I'll let you go I mean, this so time. Basically, I mean, again, like I mentioned before, like his thing is Instagram. You look at his social media, it's not about wrestling. It's about really fame in general. Yeah. He's so a fame a, whore. A lot of rappers in his Instagram. Shout out to all the fame whores like and myself. I was like, but to be fair to Enzo, um, I did some little digging uh, about this topic myself. Mm -hmm. So he came out uh, a couple of days ago to say that he wasn't really told about the charges until like we knew the charges. The whole idea was that like somehow he knew the charges and this caused beef with uh, you know his handlers, the WWE. <laughs> 
And it's just like, bro, you didn't tell us about a rape charge? What's going on here? Oh, it's it slipped my mind. It like, happens to the best of us, Enzo. Don't right, feel bad. Right, but apparently he, he knew when we knew about the charge, and that's how they fired him. Of course, all the backstage stuff added to it. And, you know, uh, Adam Rose. Was that his name? Shout Adam out Rose? To the Adam Rose. Had a domestic well, violence thing that I think he, he was eventually acquitted on. When that happened, he was not fired. He was suspended. It makes you wonder why WWE was so quick to to let go of Enzo, and while he was a cha- he was a champion, he was a champion. They so stripped I just, him of the cruiserweight championship. I, I, I question what, what truth is really being is being told. You know, did did he really not know why 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 did they why were they so quick to like let him go like that? We'll never know, gentlemen. Well, we will I mean, there never might know. be a lot more backstage su- stuff that we just don't oh, no, know about. Of course. And then, of course, it's like the whole tenor of that situation of a potential rape. Of they're trying to oh. distance themselves any sort of way or fashion from any sort of spousal abuse or rape, messy, messy, I mean, which is messy. why the stock price is so high. Quick note: back in NXT, who would have guessed that Carmella would be the most famous of those three? Never. Nobody. Not me. Nobody. No, I, I don't Not think me. she's good at all. All right, so speaking of Horrors of SmackDown, I know we normally start with Raw, but since I'm in charge, we're going to start with SmackDown, shall we, gentlemen? Sounds right. good to me. All right, so speaking of Enzo, big cast, all right. <sighs> Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, big cast, your thoughts, gentlemen, because I'm over it. I well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you like this. So I saw my WWE app on my phone. It's just like, oh, Daniel Bryan versus Samoa Joe for the first time ever. I was like, you know, of course, uh, my bollocks were tingling, just only slightly at the mere suggestion. Um, that is the best soundbite I have ever heard on this podcast <laughs> ever. And then you know, I get home from work, get to SmackDown, find that Big Cast is this is somehow a triple threat match with Big Cast, and that I just got immediately turned off. It's like waking up during a wet dream. Why? Uh, I would describe it more like when you think you're going to have a fun day with your best friend and then he invites his friend that you don't really like that much. Yeah. yeah. Nobody likes a third wheel. Shout out to Tara. No, I'm joking. Yeah, I don't like a seven foot third wheel. <laughs> I love you, Glamazon. Harry back. Harry back. All right, gentlemen, moving on. Shisuke Nakamura took on Ty Dillinger. Who even knew Ty Dillinger was still on the roster? I know I didn't. I thought he was frozen in the ice like Captain America. Yeah, it was it was a it was tremendous to see him. I'm going to steal your word, Kevin. Tremendous. <laughs> yes, he has this Matt Holly thing where he just says tremendous all the time during text messages. Tremendous. Tremendous. <laughs> so Shisuke versus Ty Dillinger. What do you think, gentlemen? Fun match. It feels like the the ten ideas an interesting is an interesting concept, and then there's nothing else to it besides that. If I'm WWE, I don't know why I'm gonna put him on television. This seems like the right spot for him, a chance for him to get a little bit of a rub, being in the ring with Nakamura, mm-hmm. um, and being somebody for him to beat. You know, someone with some credibility for him to beat, but also someone for him to beat. Right, well. WWE is doing with Ty Dillinger as they have done a ton of their NXT call-ups. They essentially want them to be just like kind of like 
fancy jobbers, not like the no-name jobbers, but the jobbers with the name. Sunny so calls them local competitors. We're not allowed to say jobbers. They're called local competitors. Uh, do you see Sunny here today? Oh my god, you're right! That's right, I'm in charge. We're calling them jobbers. Uh, they're the jobbiest jobbers that ever jobbed. Jobbiest jobbers ever! But, like, no, and, and, and the thing about Ty Dillinger, he has so much potential. Like He could definitely be like a mid-card talent straight up. And WWE just seems to have a sh an extreme aversion to like have anyone be in the mid card except those that they designate at the moment. They're, they have to be physically anointed by Vince himself. That's well, the only way those things work. I, I feel like it, it's a thing of if Vince doesn't see you as a future world champion, it's sort of like, why, why, why should I invest the time or the energy? But I have a question. When this happens, when you have guys come up who are who were over and big in NXT and don't click on the main roster, you know, Bo Dallas and Bailey to, to somewhat of a degree. Yeah. Is that WWE's fault or is that the talent's fault? For anything to work, you need to find a way to get over and then you need to have a second chapter. You need to have a second act for that gimmick. And I don't know if Ty Dillinger has done that. I will, Roman sorry. Reigns doesn't have a second act, and they're pushing him like oh, no tomorrow. But that's, but that's I will different. fire you on this podcast myself, Roger. We do not speak badly about Ty, Roman Reigns when I'm in charge. Ty Dillinger isn't, isn't the only one. You know who who's somebody else that I think suffers from this? Mojo Rawley. I like oh, Mojo yeah, Rawley a lot. I like him, but I just don't know who he is. And I'm not 100% sure who Ty Dillinger is. And if they are well, able I'll to figure that out. I'll tell you who Ty out, Dillinger is. Ty Dillinger, I'm going to spill some tea, children, so tuck yourselves into bed because Uncle Teddy has a bedtime story for you. Do you all know what Ty Dillinger did before he joined WWE? What did he do? I'm glad you asked that, Roger. Thank you. You did that exactly. I like you. I've always liked you, Roger. Yes, he Tremendous. has a gay porn fetish past. I kid you not because I've seen the pictures. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Ty Dillinger, gay porn past. And he's still making it in the WWE. Can well, you believe if you, it? If you want to bring up names. I do. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> might have seen something similar of what you're regarding to. Mm -hmm. I glanced at, by the way. Did you? Because uh, I sent them to you, so you glanced at them. Okay. The fuck you did. <laughs> Seth Rollins. Which is why I call him a greasy queen. That's exactly well, why I call him Seth that. Seth Rollins' phone was hacked with Ty Dillinger. No, 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 this is something else entirely. It was him rolling around with a person. I have seen the videos myself. Yes, it was a phone hacking. You're talking about his little dick pictures? No, that's that. No, this is something else entirely. This was actually before that. Tyler Black was it? Yeah, Tyler Black. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Porn fetish wow. and Ty Dillinger as well. So yes, I was quite shocked to see him, you know, on my SmackDown television. I mean, you know, being a wrestler, especially at that level in the Indies, like you're doing matches for a ten dollars and a hot dog. Oh, shout uh, out to ECW. Some, someone wanted to slide you three thousand dollars. Like, hey, I need you to roll around with another dude in the ring for about you know twenty minutes. You could get me for half that, by the way. Oh my I was like, you, you don't need. We're not going to do any penetration. No one has to put their <laughs> mouth on anything. All you have to do is just roll around for three thousand. Hey, well, so that's where what? your line is. It's good to know. Thank you. You I'm know glad what? You say that. Theoretically, I'm just. I got you know. Ty Dillinger in real life is going out with Peyton Royce. So oh, so God. life. Uh, that life Australian come whore. Uh, oh, God, shout hey, out to me. Roll, 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 no, roll side. Roll. Roll side on that. Shout out to Conrad Thompson, who, who certainly I'm sure listens to this show. Speaking Shout of speaking of him. women that I'm never gonna sleep with, Oof, Naomi took on Lana in a dance contest. <sighs> I roll. 
Okay, so why are we doing this thing where every couple of months or so we try to get Lana to pop? Why? <laughs> okay, I have to come to the defense of Lana. There was a time when she was the hardest thing going in the ladies' locker room. That time was many years ago, but she was something. I don't know why we're watching her in a twerk-off against Naomi, because let's face it, that's not much of a contest. Anyone who's you know seen Naomi's ass. Like, Na- Naomi is not is she is she not like a former NBA dancer? Uh, shout half-time? out to the Miami Heat. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like same Carmella. She comes off that same style. But anyway, we we were privy to a dance contest with Lana, basically you know turning on Naomi, and then Rusev and Aiden going against the Usos. Uh, you should have seen me watch this segment. I was like, I could I could tell you. I told you exactly when. This is all going to break down. <laughs> and right when they were back-to-back, she's going to hit up a neckbreaker. Look at Bam, like neckbreaker five oh, seconds later. I loved it when they were back-to-back. Looking like a low-budget salt and pepper. I loved it. <laughs> I was like, loved now, it. Now, the thing I kind of didn't like was the fact that Lana smacked... Uh, La- Lana smacked Lana. Lana smacked uh, Naomi in the face, and her Uso husband did nothing. I, I'm, I'm a little salty at that. <laughs> Not even in, in the island of Samoa could you get away with that if I being shrunk up by your heels. <laughs> What's he supposed to do? Super kick her? <laughs> I mean, I if this were 2000 least SmackDown. Threaten her gently? I, I don't know. Intimidate her. I don't know. All I can say is I was watching that segment, and again, I'm happy that they're shaking things up. You have all this talent. Do something different, because you get tired of seeing the same people in the same... So it was good that we had yeah. the Rusev, who is, I think, an gr- enormous talent. Aiden English, who I also think is great. Usos, who I've always loved. Shout out to the Uso penitentiary. Oh, yeah. So to have them all in the ring together, it was entertaining... And not just because I wanted to fuck everyone in that ring at that moment. I'm telling you. <laughs> everyone in that ring could have gotten a piece of the general manager. Well, okay. Well, besides that, I, I also think that, that. The, the middle... WWE does this thing where they struggle to fill the middle of those shows with great television. Uh, that I do agree with you on. And great wrestling is always nice, but you can't just only have... You know, sorry, Jim Cornette. Oh, it, shout out to Jim Cornette. It's a... Wrestling, it's it's a, SmackDown's a television show, and you need to fill those middle hours with stuff that's going to keep the audience engaged and maybe get people that don't watch it to tune in, you know. And Naomi and Lana, people know them from Total Divas. Yeah. Uh, say what you want about Total Divas, that opened WWE up to an entirely new audience, and featuring them in a segment like that. You know, it might draw eyeballs that they wouldn't normally drive. When but do you grab. think that Naomi and Lana's segment takes away from the legitimacy of, say, an Oscar versus Mandy Rose? Absolutely not. No. 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 Because frankly, I wanted to gouge my eyes out. So okay. No, what, because what that, that's what I'm kind of saying is that like not everything can be Oscar versus Mandy Rose. Yeah. If we just had a bunch of Oscar versus Mandy Roses, uh, I would die. Yeah. You know, it's great, Matt. You know, you can run, you can run a, a, an episode of SmackDown. You know, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles yeah. and Samoa Joe against uh, I don't know one of the guys from the New Day and then and Oscar and Charlotte against whoever. And these are great matches, but you need to like you need to fill up two hours of television time. Yeah. And something like this works. Wasn't it sort of like watching a boa constrictor play with a mouse? Because we know Oscar could kill Mandy Rose very quickly. <laughs> but it, I kept looking up from my phone saying, why the fuck is this match taking so long? I was like, no, if you actually watch that match, I thought that Mandy Rose is very impressive. What? I, no, she definitely held her own against Oscar. What? 
I'm not here. Fight me if you want. It's not hard. Didn't she make Dana Brooke tap out in like seven seconds? How does Mandy Rose last longer than a Dana Brooke? Because they're trying to build the legend of Mandy Rose. Do you not see her entrance? Like she's got that that Vaseline on the lens type of look in the background. Shout out to Vaseline. Sexy. I strongly disagree. I guess Chrissy will be on the fence. She'll have to break this tie for the two of us. I will say that. A couple of years ago, I got to work on the Tough Enough that Mandy Rose, how she sort of was discovered by the company. Super nice. Uh, she was, I, the one experience that I had with her, she was very nice to me, very sweet to me, and was maybe like the most gorgeous person I've ever seen in my entire uh, life in person. Now. Oh. Oh, oh man, roll on tide TV, on that. She's even like in my top oh, ten. Oh, you sorry, know what? I'm the I, 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 sorry to the uh, the host from last week. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but Manny Rose, man, roll is all roll tide. No, oh, I can't. I can't do it. If I were Ty Dillinger, I'd give her a t- I'd give her a twenty. Oh Jesus! Stop <laughs> it! I'm gonna throw up my frappuccino here. Okay, gentlemen, shall we go on to raw? Let's get raw. Oh, yeah. Well, Finn Balor beat uh, Braun Strowman by, by disqualification. Where are we going with this? Uh, because you can't have babyface Finn Balor beat Braun Strowman. And I guess, like, you know, maybe we can have something at some point where it's the Demon Balor against oh, Braun Strowman. the Demon I'm, Balor. I'm here for okay. it. I'm so I'm, I'm going to drop a bit of a bombshell. Now, I love it when you do that. Now, the thing about Finn Balor, I've been saying this even since his NXT days. What charisma does he have? You are fired at this very moment. I was like, no, 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 no. Someone break this down to me. He's like, people love Finn Balor, right? I think it's mainly because of the paint. Promo-wise, I I can't think of a great promo he's ever delivered. So you're going to sit in my presence on my podcast and say Mandy Rose is a tremendous talent, and then you're going to question I told you to calm down, I'm going to scoot my chair over a little bit. I will will not have you talk to me if my my WWE share is being so high. I I will say this. I will say this. Finn is tremendous. Tremendous. He he knows how to do like a stomp from the air. I mean, that's... Not to mention he looks... Like a million dollars. I was like, well, yeah, he's a, he was he's a your, handsome gentleman. Thank you. He was your first universal champion. He's not my first universal yes, champion. Yes, he was yours. Although exactly. I was there and I... Oh, here we go. I, I, I do advocate the booing of that title at the time, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I was there, too. That was that was fun watching the booing. <laughs> go on. Sorry, so Mr. GM. And Seth Rollins ending or, or preventing another career from advancing. Greasy <laughs> fucking queen. He's, I haven't seen Sting in years. He killed him. Um, okay, so here's... I agree with Kevin. Um... Why put him up against Braun, I don't know, because it's only going to make one of them look bad. Either Finn's going to lose because Braun is a monster. Insert Tara doing the raw. I can't do it as loud as she does it, but she does that whole raw thing. Or if you have Finn go over on Braun, then that just kills your monster. There's so, so. That explains uh, Finn Balor defeating Braun Strowman via disqualification. See, that's different because eventually you can't do many more disqualifications. Eventually, one of them is going to have to beat the other one. Uh, I, I will say this, uh, and and this sort of tie, ties it ties it up. I will say that Finn Balor, his time in NXT, a little overrated. I think that Finn Balor, the character as constituted now, there's something about it that's kind of like, hmm. I think that as I would consider myself the the resident, yep, independent wrestling nerd, 
Fergal Devitt, creator of the Bullet Club, was fucking amazing. And that dude has a ton of charisma. And if this is leading towards that, which would be weird because they broke up the Balor Club, but if this is leading towards heel Finn Balor, I am all the way in. I don't even know what WWE's plans are of any sort of Balor Club or like Bullet Club adjacent sort of situation because like they keep on teasing it when it's convenient. Like, hey, you, you, you got you remember this, right? Huh? Huh? And then they do nothing. And like a like a reverse David and Goliath of of Braun being the babyface and Finn being the heel and Finn just throwing guy after guy at at Braun would be very very entertaining for me but I don't know if they're going to go go towards that of course not they have very rigid ways of booking people so. yes well either way I'm here for it and ready for it moving on uh, Jinder Mahal took on that greasy fucking queen Seth Rollins um yeah the best part of that match was Amir Singh for me what about you two gentlemen Amir Singh I always like Amir Singh he's always very entertaining I know I do like him his treachery he's so cute on Instagram very quickly, sir, because I don't want to get into that match I, too much. <laughs> I don't like anything we're doing with Seth Rollins. I, I, I loved Elias break, breaking a guitar over, over Seth Rollins' head and the bump that he took. Shout out to the to the bump that he took. Maybe not the, the type of bump that you would like to see him take. Hashtag sell to Elias. No, oh. I mean, that's not the first time Seth Rollins is taking a shot on his back. I just know that personally. But, um, yeah, so... It, he looked very comfortable taking a he, shot from another he, man. He cocked with Elias. He did, yeah. So he did exactly what he did. <laughs> Anywho, uh, Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey have a bit of a, a tongue lashing towards each other, a bit of a sparring match verbally. So after that whole awkward speech that Nia Jax gave, is that the greatest Royal Rumble? We call it the Gur. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so he doesn't let us say anything. It's speech Certainly. about how this is for everybody, and this is for all the girls that's ever been bullied, and then we bully Ronda Rousey. I mean, I, it certainly wasn't at the Gur because women were not allowed to be oh, at the Gur. Oh, that's true. That is a very important distinction. It was at the Rur. Yes. The Rur. That's where it was. The Rur. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Or oh, was it at the womb? Womb? <laughs> no, it was the Rur. I think. <laughs> I think. I don't know anything. I'm high as a kite. I don't know anything. So when this goes down, will Ronda Rousey be our new champion? Yay or nay, gentlemen? Yes. Uh, probably. It, 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 seems, it seems almost academic at this point. We're setting up the big threat for her to overcome, and that's going to be it. I just love the word come. That's all. And that and also we're going to put Ronda Rousey's face on the Barclays Center in August with that women's title. Ding, 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 ding. Will you be at SummerSlam? You've been at 100 SummerSlams, so will you be there? You know what? I'm, I'm still deciding upon that. I will definitely be at NXT. I've never missed an NXT in, uh, in the Barclays. He likes SummerSlam is very much up in the air for me right now. So you have to earn my money, well, my secondary money uh, to whoever buys or whoever wants to sell my StubHub, StubHub ticket to me. Well, shout out to SummerSlam. I know there will be a viewing party. There's actually a viewing party coming up June 17th. There's always viewing parties. For uh, Money in the Bank. Reserve your seats now. Yes, come through. You will see me, the general manager, and everybody else that does this podcast. Yes. Anywho, uh, all right, gentlemen. Sami Zayn publicly apologized to Bobby Lashley for probably the worst Raw segment in the past 10 years. I think that Lashley and Sami Zayn should have looked into the camera and apologized to the viewers. Yes. I think that Vince McMahon should have then came out and apologized to them for wasting 
the, these two talents on that. I finally have my train of thought here. It's kind of like that segment with uh, Bailey and uh, Bailey. Bailey, and this is your life. Bailey, yeah, basically Bailey's uh, "This Is Your Life" with Alexa Bliss, and which is like the all-time worst segment I've probably ever seen on a roll. And I've been live for several of these terrible segments. Remember the one with uh, Kathy Lee and Hoda? Oh, <laughs> where they hit each other with yes, uh, with bottles of wine, on, on, the breakaway yes. bottles, yes. breakaway bottles of wine. Shout out to Kathy Lee. And and I was like, I, I hope you hope you guys are keeping yourself stewed in your studio over at uh, Rockefeller Center. Uh, shout right. out to Kathy Lee. I just want to make one comment. The Rock, This Is Your Life, on paper should have been the worst segment ever. And they have tried to, and it was it was clearly like an all-time classic. And they have tried for 20 years to, to recapture the magic of it. It's never worked. It's never Lightning going to work. in a bottle. I was like, everyone's uninspired. For one thing, you had A-plus talent like Mankind and The Rock. So Shout they, out to Mick Foley. So if they were to see anything like that, of course The Rock was going to put his own spin on it. So we have superior talents that were allowed to do their thing. Yes. Shout now, out to Dwayne Johnson, too, by the yeah, way. Please, HBO please. Ballers. Any show like, that shows a bare ass of Dwayne Johnson. I was like, you just put him in the movie, it just makes like $100 million He's first three days. All my money. That and you had Mick Foley, who at the time... What kind of like made the attitude error in the sense of like all these characters were zigging and he zagged and him zagging in that segment kind of made the segment and you don't have a Mick Foley character to carry these segments and on top of that it wasn't even just one character he played three characters concurrently we loved them all lightning in a bottle It'll never happen again. Can we never talk about the Lashley si- si- sisters segment again, please? That is a promise. Like, those are hideous <laughs> wigs. I don't know where those wigs were sourced from, but I guarantee you Teddy was the next. I know. Speaking of terrible wigs, Sasha Banks won the uh, gauntlet match. Oh, speaking of women in drag, yeah, I'm, yeah, I am so... I'm going to say something, and I will blame it on the excessive narcotics that are in my system right now. Ruby Riot should have won that gauntlet match. I agree. Okay. Firmly agree. Okay. I I know I have I've taken the piss out of Ruby once or twice on this podcast. I may have said some things about her once or twice. I mean, well, me I've been a fan of uh, Ruby Riot since she was called uh, Heidi Loveless. I was uh, actually shout out to porn. I was like, I was actually uh, kind enough, kind enough to see her. I saw the HOG when she was there, and uh, she, I thought she was impressive then. I, I thought it was a matter of time before she was going to make the main roster, and bam, three months later, she's there. And she did all the work in that gauntlets match just to have Sasha Banks come in and win. I was like, no, I think we should be keeping an eye on Ruby Wright. I definitely do think so. Well, not both eyes, just an eye. You don't want to look her straight in the face. You'll turn to stone, but yeah. I don't even think she's that terrible to look at. What? I, I, I don't. I just, I can't believe that Sasha Banks beat the guy that WWE is currently suing in court right now. See, see how that happens. See, I like this. No, see, I like this. I mean, yeah. Anywho, Money in the Bank is shaping up to be a decent pay-per-view, I think. I'm excited? Decent. I'm thinking about being there live. Oh, There's a good chance I probably will be. You gotta go life. live your sweet life at money. Where is money in the bank going to in be? Chicago. In Chicago. In Chicago. I think okay. a flight is something like eighty bucks or something. I highly recommend it. Chicago's a fun town. All right. So moving on, the entire tag team division, and I use that term loosely, tag team division. Uh, they had a barbecue on Raw. 
gentlemen, what are your views very quickly on the tag division in Raw? I mean, well, the tag division on Raw, it's it was actually I read something online, just one of one of these forums, basically that said that they just dropped the entire tag team division. They just don't care about it anymore. If you see like the level and quality of matches they've had on Raw, it's just like um, uh, you you guys are here, right? Uh, have a match of like uh, these two these guys two. over here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I can't believe that Raw has three hours of content that they need to fill hasn't brought one of the most talented rosters ever has a bunch of these guys that have built-in characters and this is the best that they can give them what happened to rhino an ecw original he is literally being mocked before our very eyes homies need to check oh homies need to check and he's not even there like every single week no He's probably I mean, there part-time, he's just getting the money, he's just chilling with his wife. I mean, he's doing a lot better than some of his other uh, ECW alumni. Oh, so. shout out to Sabu. Oh, dude. Yeah. You have to, like, actually shout at Sabu. Because <laughs> he probably has, you know. Oh, shout out to Sandman, who works at 7-Eleven now. Shout out to all of ECW. I really you, do. You know that Shane Douglas actually was, like, a manager of a, of a Target? And I and I love the Shane Douglas character, but, like, that's I'm not I'm, that's not a joke. He was an actual manager of a Target. It happens. It happens. I mean, well, you know, there's an easy joke there, but people got to live their lives. They do. You know? B-42! <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the bingo hall, by the way. Shout out to Sonny giving head in the closet for uh, Somas, I believe that story goes. Yes. Sandman holding a bag of pills over her head while she basically, you know, finished doing what come horse do. Uh, are you, are you giving more Sunny stories? Ah, oh, Sunny. Sunny days ahead. Anywho, so, the B team. What are your thoughts on Curtis Axel and Mr. Bolive Bodalis? I well, for me, like my idea of what they were going to become was way different. Like my original thought about what they, well, what the combined team of them and the Miz would be is like you have the Miz and they have they would kind of be like their his rabid handlers. I fucking love the mentorage, the Mizdorage. Like, yeah, like that gimmick was. And like Bo Dallas, I I always thought that Bo Dallas could be like more of the Tuco crazy type. Like you can't like leave him alone with people. You, he'll just fuck people up. Like I, I want him to be that crazy talk type of like drunk. You don't know what he's gonna be type of thing. But of course they didn't do any of that because, well, they don't have a microphone that's like crammed <laughs> in my room. <laughs> I um. I also was a fan of the Mistrage. It it reminded me of an ECW when Raven kind of had his alliance with the oh, BWO. Shout out to Raven. And shout out to the BWO shout too. Shout out to the BWO. Um, RIP to the BWO. Mm-hmm. I think they're all still alive. Um, Barely. But uh, yeah, and and now I'm interested to see what they're going to do with them. They're giving them actual television time. They're trying to give them some kind of character development, which I appreciate. Um, I'm just happy they're on television. Yeah. But where's it going to go? We'll see. Nowhere. Either way, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, I'm just happy that they're both on television. I mean, this gimmick may not be the best, but listen, like you said, homie got to get a check. Was that that your eloquent wording? Homie's got to get some some money. You know, you got to pay the bills. As Steve Austin says, the gimmicks that come in the mail, those bills. Milk is expensive. It is. Especially when you don't get it naturally. Yes. Um, yeah, see, see, he got my joke. See, he got it. Shout out to oral sex. Anywho, speaking of gimmicks, good and or bad, why don't you, sir, 
Explain to the boys and girls at home, what is a gimmick? Very quickly, what's a gimmick? I mean, well, a gimmick, it's, uh, it's a character that you kind of settle into, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't, most people can't play themselves because themselves are quite boring. Yes. So it's just like, oh, well, you know what? You, Teddy, uh, I could see you. I could see you being the million dollar man. Like a man that cares nothing about his fellow man, but only about the money is in his bank account. Such a far departure from who I am, yes. So yeah. so yeah, as of right now, I am playing the gimmick of general manager. Yes, because the real Teddy is kind of boring. He sits at home in his recliner making ironic comments. So yes, that's what a gimmick is. There have been some pretty bad gimmicks over the years. Do we all agree about that, Justin? Pretty horrendous ones. Some really bad ones. Like, bad, bad. Tremendously bad. Like, bad, bad, bad. Like, Ruby Riot tampon bad. Like, just Ooh. bad. Like, Ooh, that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. So, how about we go through a quick top five worst gimmicks? Shall we, gentlemen? I think we can do that. Let's hold hands and Good. jump off this cliff, okay? Right. Go ahead, Roger. Let me uh, throw this grenade into the room here. Um, I Shout come out from, to Carmella. I come from a long era of wrestling. I originally started watching wrestling in 1992, uh, back in the day of my pops. He, he originally got me into it. So I could give you a large swath of characters between that time and all the way up to now. I'll start with something that a lot of people may not be familiar with, Man Mountain Rock. Ah. So basically, he's Elias Sampson before Elias Sampson. So he's this... Uh, he was formerly known as Max Payne in WCW. Uh, that was another interesting gimmick, if you guys uh, care to look that up. The man Mountain Rock. You mean Rock. WCW? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> but moving on. <laughs> Shout out to Eric Bischoff. It's like, yeah, but it's Man Mountain Rock. He, he was a rock musician. He had a WWE-shaped guitar. I actually found a picture of this during my research. What? And this was in 90, 1995 in the dregs of anything WWE-related. Oh, I, will, I will literally fight anyone that says <laughs> that... Any given from any other era was worse than that. It's like, no, I, I guarantee you, 94, 95, 96, that's the all-time worst WWE has ever been. So I don't Man know. I think I've got some bad ones, but continue, sir. Number Man four. Man Mountain Rock is definitely one of them there. Uh, let me see what else I have here. I have also Max Moon. Ah, uh, shout Max out to Moon. Max Moon. Wasn't he on the first episode of Raw? Yes. Ah. Uh. I was like, now a little bit of insight to Max Moon. Uh, Conan originally played Max Moon for a little bit until... He saw, like, the gimmick. For one thing, I have to talk about the outfit. The outfit is perhaps <laughs> the loudest thing in wrestling history. And wrestling has many loud outfits. Oh, yes. Shout it's out like, to everyone. <laughs> it's like this blue sort of gobbledy. It looks like Vince McMahon actually, like, wrote, like, drew this up himself. It was like, this is what I want. <laughs> with all the Yes! Exactly all that blue. Oh, I Son love it. Bitch. Don't, don't you love his Vince impressions, Kevin? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Oh, shout out to Vince McMahon. And also, they they also spent a ton of money even just like getting that gimmick together. Of course, uh, Vince McMahon's uh, machinations are quite expensive, as we all have found out. Yes. All right, so next up on my list is, oh, you guys, I think everybody knows this one, uh, Disco Inferno. Oh, Disco no. Inferno. Like, yes. That gimmick to me is the epitome of just someone saying, like, you know what? He's just looking at somebody. I got a gimmick for you. You're the Disco guy. <laughs> Hey, hey, you do the stupid disco dancing, and that's it. It was pretty bad. And it was like, was pretty and he didn't really bad. dance. He just did that that little that was it that finger thing from uh, Saturday Night Fever. That was it. And he has the nerve to pretend like he's important. Yeah. Which is the thing that galls me the most. Yes, that's the worst thing. And I was like, no. If anyone should be working at Target for the rest of his life, <laughs> it should be uh, Disco Inferno. And uh, also, I'm going to pull out another one from the archives here. Uh, you might have seen this infamous promo, Jumpy Jeff Farmer. I am not familiar with this. Oh, jumping, you, you've, you've stumped seen me. You've never seen the Jumping Jeff Farmer promo? I don't believe I have. Kevin's what? giving you a 
quizzical, quizzical look yes, as well. Yes. You guys have us, never seen it. You've stumped us both, sir. Look at you. Wow. I, I, I thought I was about to be outclassed, but clearly this is not the case. Post it on the page and tag us in it. I absolutely. Am, I absolutely will. Stumped. Matter of fact, I'll play it for you uh, immediately after this uh, program is recorded. All right. All right. So, okay. That's four of those names there. Um, hmm. This is, might be a somewhat controversial one that I'm about to say next. I would say Gangrel. Wow! Whoa! Shout out to I, the Attitude Era. I would say the gimmick, not the gimmick itself, decently solid. I liked everything that kind of ran around them. The theme song I still play like in the train. Yes. Just like, doom, doom, like, Very still, sexy. You headbanged to that. I'm a yes. black dude, and I headbanged to that song. Yes. And I was like, but like, I mean, have you ever heard him attempt a promo? Well, I've heard him do a shoot interview. Is that any different? Mm. Uh, Have you promo. ever heard him attempt I can't a promo remember in the ring with a microphone? I can't remember offhand. I don't okay. believe so. So I'm... I need you to do that too. I need you to look up the one time okay. he tries to speak, and then Edge and Christian have to save his ass All live. Right. I'll, I'll look at that when we go home. But the best thing about Gangrel is theme music. It is. Yeah. I agree with you. Best thing about it by far. Yes. The, the theme music was way too good for that level of a mid-card performer. Fun fun fact about Gangrel, I once peed next to him in the Chicago airport. Holy shit. That I mean, love any story with two men with their penises in What's that? Was, was there, there, there a lot of blood in his urine? Oh, I... I I, I tried. I tried not to. I tried not to look. I was shocked when he walked outside and the sunlight was still there, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> one of the Oh my god! I have a piece. <laughs> I peed next to Batista. That's weird. That we both have urinating stories with WWE superstars. I have an all-time urinating story, but I, I shouldn't. I should. I, should I say it on the pod? Who did you pee next to? Who I peed next to Vince McMahon? <gasps> I've met Vince oh McMahon. I've encountered God. Vince McMahon three times. Did you see the grapefruit? Three times. Did you see the grapefruit? Oh, I wanted to. There was a there was oh. a stall between us. Damn it all the hell. I, I will tell this story on a future podcast. Oh, see but the next did he try to shake your hand at the soul? It's like, how you doing there, pal? I I, I have shook his hand once. <laughs> uh, not that right. time. Thank okay. God. Oh, okay. that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be fucking awesome. Um, Give me your top five. So I'm going to sort of use the archetypes of the all-time worst gimmicks here. Right. And I'm going to start it out with the one of my favorites, which is just the, the offensive dancing black man gimmick in WWE. We have seen it many, 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 many times. Shout from out the great to the R-Truth, to the New Day, to, to Flash Funk, the crime, to crime Xavier's time. gimmick before uh, actually, he was in like New Day. Flash Funk. No, Let's not I, hate on Flash yeah, Funk. But, what I'm, what I, but I know what you're getting at. And Primetime and players, millions of dollars, millions yeah, of dollars, millions you of know, dollars. You have these, you, you have so many of these great black wrestlers that have been in WWE and they get you know and the New Day is the greatest example of it because they were given a gimmick that was questionable at best um, and maybe a little offensive at worst not the most offensive uh, Bootios yeah I'm offended every week yeah. Bootios but, but the, Mr. They, was, they were able to they were able to do something with it but I just you know you know that that, that was like the second or third dancing black man gimmick that Xavier Woods was given given in WWE. You know, Drew McIntyre didn't just walk into the company and be be, be given like a Scottish gimmick, you know. Shout um, out to the Highlanders. But you know, it doesn't it's not only black men. 
It's also black women. Shout out to Naomi and Sapphire. So yeah, Vince does have a thing about black people shucking and jiving. The Teddy Long. Oh my God, Teddy both Long. Both of the Funkadactyls. I mean, we could, we could, oh, we could do. Oh wow, you got uh, something yeah. there, Cameron. Let's not forget about Cameron. Shout out he, to Cameron. Who doesn't remember how to pin people? Yeah. It's just, On it's just stomach. I love it. That's exactly how I pin people. And shout out to Newark. I'm sure you do. And, and <laughs> granted, I know this is a white dude talking to two black dudes about this, but I'm just saying. It's I thought like, you were a little pale. What? I thought like, it was my what? meth kicking in. I just have never understood why, you know, or like why when whenever you have t- two black wrestlers, suddenly they're put in a team. I was so excited when Tazawa was was part of uh, Titus Worldwide. I was just like, yes, finally, like, like it's guy. not just because of, and then and then they got rid of it. So that, that that's 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 my number five. That sounds good. Number my four. number my number four is just the wasted talent gimmick. Uh, the one of the great examples of it is Rosie. R.I.P. Rosie. Yeah. Rosie, who was originally in Three Minute Warning, which was two giant ass-kicking Samoans who would show up and kick people's ass, you know? Do you remember when they literally kicked the lesbians' ass? The two hot lesbians was were making out? Debut? Yeah, I, yes. I saw that. They I actually their debut. They beat up two hot lesbians. That's all I'm going to say. YouTube that, people. They had a great... And, and it was Rosie and Umaga who, yes. were, who, were, who it Shout was. Shout out to Umaga. R.I.P. Number three. Uh, and then number three is just the general offensive gimmick. Uh, my two examples are Eugene and the Godfather. Okay. You, know, you, you have judges. A- I'm going to let you have Eugene, but the Godfather, didn't he bring us all pleasure? I'm sure you're a fan of hoes, Roger. Well, you? I, I was always a fan of the hoes. Now, Eugene, I'm going to give you. That was pretty fucking offensive. I mean, Eugene. I, I, although Eugene, you know, um, he was almost like a main eventer at one point and stuff like that. It, it was. just come, it, it, it comes from, especially with Eugene, just a place of like how I don't understand how you can watch that and not be like that's kind of disgraceful, you know. Actually, uh, Eugene was based on someone who would hang around backstage. That's yeah, that's that's where that no. Nick Ooh. Dinsmore. It was an actual person with special needs who would hang around backstage, I and mean, he was always very nice to the talent. And Vince thought that would be a great gimmick, and. There you go, came Eugene. My favorite Eugene is when he made Ric Flair play musical chairs. And of course, Ric oh. Flair, just being Ric Flair, was just, he was irate that he was being forced to play <laughs> musical chairs. But then he actually got into it, so he was strutting around the chairs. Oh, and then he pushes Stacey Keebler to the floor just so he can get the last chair. He's playing the game. <laughs> hysterical. But go ahead, sir. You know, and then number, num- two. number two, just real quick, is just the, 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 the jobber gimmick. Someone like Mordecai is a great example. <gasps> Mordecai. These high concept, um, high, you know, probably high cost characters that don't really do anything for anyone. And shout and out to Seth Rollins. Just really shout out to Barry like. Horowitz. Oh, you know Barry Horowitz. Oh, I love it. That's, that's it, my all-time favorite job. Oh, are are just guys that people would look at the television and just be like, "This is stupid." Would never draw a dime. And of course, speaking of gimmicks that never draw a dime, my number one is any gimmick ever ever conceived by Vince <laughs> Goddamn Russo. A cancer wow. to the wrestling business. Wow. You know, he, gave, he gave someone great like Mike Awesome, the fat chick thriller. He put two com- he put one company straight up out of business, WCW. Shout he out is, to WCW. He essentially like neutered TNA. Uh, just the fact that that guy was able to to work 
for 15 years and have a longer creative run than guys like Paul Heyman, or Jim Cornette, or whoever else is. Oh, but come on. The fact that we're still talking about him just upsets me to no end. But he did give us a bra and panties paddle on a pole match. Come on, man. That shit is gold. Folks, I'm just staring at the FGM. Jesus. I guess I'm outnumbered here. Also, a Bagwell mother on a pole match. Oh, shout Judy out to Bagwell Judy Bagwell. <laughs> All right, well, that was a very good list, sir. Okay, well, let me see my list. Going through it very quickly. Number five, um, an Asian cowboy, Jimmy Wang Yang. Someone sat there and thought this was going to be a good idea. I can't call that a bad gimmick just on the really? face of it. It's, you it's, can't? it's ridiculous as hell. So I'm going to call back Mandy Rose. So that you all wet your pants Mandy over. Mandy Rose is amazing in the ring. But you're going to say Jimmy Wang Yang was off like that. I, I refuse to justify I Jimmy can't. Wang Yang. I cannot. And Mandy with Rose. you, Roger. I can't with you right now. I, I guess you can. I, I guess would you can. fire you if we, we weren't 55 minutes in. I was like, like I well, you can't fire me because you can't. I can't. An Anywho. Asian cowboy. Thank you. Anywho. And he had a pretty long run. Like, he was all smacked out for some time. But, but that's him, though. Like, have you. I, I take it none of you have actually seen the little video clip that WWE posted and what he's doing now. He's, that's basically him. Oh, Jesus. That's basically him. Anyway, number four. Jillian Hall, oh, diva to uh, JBL. She was his image consultant, and she had a humongous birthmark on her cheek, like a, just a seething, disgusting birthmark Which on her face. Looked awful, and it looked like the fakest, dumbest shit you've ever Disgu seen. So we, so somewhere, Vince said, "We're gonna take this really pretty girl and put a disgusting mole on her face." And then we're going to let another wrestler eat it off of her face. Yes, that happened on SmackDown. But before that, Jillian Hall became a pop star and legitimately had a number one single on fucking iTunes. It actually happened. Yeah. You Know You Want Me went number one on iTunes when she released her instruments music. Yeah. That happened. I was like, well, you know, shout out to the boogeyman. Uh, he's actually very pleasant if you meet him in person. She, he, he's on my list, too. Uh, okay, here we are. Number three, Zach Gowan. You may not know who Zach Gowan is. Very simply, he was a one-legged wrestler. I'm just going to let that sit with you all. One-legged wrestler. Am I going to have to disagree with you again on one of your choices? Roger. Roger, it's supposed to be you and I against you-know-who over here. Hello? No, no, he said that really nice thing about Nancy Black wrestler, so he's cool. Jesus. He's cool. Five. Which, by the way, I do want to mention this on the eye. I'm very embarrassed I didn't mention that first. <laughs> but moving on. Okay. Um, so pretty much with that... So a one-legged wrestler, really? That's a I good was thing? Like, no, if the entire point was to make Brock Lesnar seem like an incontrollable monster, his purpose has been fulfilled. So let's take this one-legged wrestler and yep. let Brock demolish him. Yep, and let him flirt with his mom. Then oh, let's yeah. put his mother in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know... By the way, she took a swing at Brock, so I thought that was kind of fucking gangster. Like, oh shit, that was kind of hot the way she did. That. Like, yeah, she, that was an all-time tremendous segment. It was good. I mean, by the way, I actually hooked up with someone with one leg, but I didn't know he only had one leg until we got home. But then by then, I couldn't be rude and leave. But he should have told me. But the third leg worked, though. Well, oh, it it did. No well, complaints. At that point, it's the second leg. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you're right. We were down one leg. Anywho, shout out to Grinder. Anyway, number two, um, Perry Saturn and Moppy. Literally a low point in my life. Just a low point. In I mean, it's kind of like Al Snow with head, but not nearly as interesting. I do like head. I don't know about yeah, you. Everybody so likes head. I, yeah, uh, head. This, this one hurts me personally because I'm a huge 
huge fan of the Eliminators and ECW, Perry Saturn's tag team. Perry Saturn's the man. I mean, I hope he's feeling better because he's, he hasn't been doing great over oh. the last couple of years. Someone gave him a manager that was a mop, for all you people who don't know. Actually, they got rid of Terry and replaced her with a fucking mop. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. Number one, Roger already mentioned him, the number one worst gimmick of all time. The fucking boogeyman. <laughs> I don't know. What was he? A witch doctor? A I don't know what he was actually supposed to be, but he would put live worms in his mouth. I mean, talk about sticking to a gimmick, though. I mean, what? Someone sat in a room and thought that was going to be good. I was like, it was probably Vince McMahon, and it, it wasn't. But he's actually a very nice man when you get to meet him. He tried to feed me some words that I had to politely decline, but he's uh, actually very nice. Uh, kind of hurts me you speak so ill, so lowly of them. That was the worst gimmick ever. I was like, it's probably in the top 50. I am the boogeyman, uh, and I'm coming to get you. That I will it. say it is definitely a top five. A- and also, again, it goes back to my, my type of thing where um, there are certain things in wrestling that can transcend and seem great. That's the kind of thing that if somebody saw me watching wrestling with that guy on the television, I would bury my head deep in, in wherever sh- I, oh, like, I mean to. truthfully there's a lot of times you watch WWE television a lot of weird shit comes up we have to explain oh. or just don't want to oh my god shit alright so those were our worst gimmicks very quickly best gimmick ever best Roger. gimmick ever hit me with it hard please The Undertaker well look at you give it to me hard Kevin best gimmick ever well if you like it hard <laughs> I I'm always have do. to give it to you hardcore because I will say my favorite, I don't know if it's, it's certainly not the best, but my favorite was the Hardcore title. Thought it was great television. Oh, shout out to the Hardcore thought championship. It, was, it gave guys that would otherwise not have much to do, a lot to do, got them over. What more can you ask for? The idea of a 24-7 title reign, especially in the era of the network, holy shit, why haven't they done anything with that? WWE is a television show, and you need to take up television time. And I thought the hardcore... I, I like the hardcore title a lot better than I like Lashley's sister. Oh, God. Crash anything. Holly. Crash Holly did such a good job being the hardcore champion for so long. He was so entertaining with that 24-7 rule. Shout out to... Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. They did great work. Especially Pat Patterson. Um, Mick Foley was a great hardcore champion. Uh, yeah, a lot of people did good work with... I was like, yeah, there's a Godfather Ho out there that's a hardcore champion. The Undertaker was a hardcore champion. Terry Reynolds is also a hardcore champion. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, the hardcore championship, it did a lot for people, yes. Um, nine number one best gimmick. I'm going to have to agree with this handsome devil to my right. It has to be The Undertaker. Any gimmick that can stretch 28 bloody years... And still be entertaining. And, and I'm t- not talking about his last match at WrestleMania, by <laughs> the way, because that shit was... Ugh, it's like a, a prostate exam from Freddy Krueger. It was just painful to watch. But, yeah, The Undertaker. That has like, to be. And again, like, think of the gimmick. Like, yeah. that, that shelf like that gimmick shouldn't have lasted nearly this long. Do Vince, do Vince doing The Undertaker. Oh, I want you to be dead. Do it. Do it. I, I, I want you to be dead. <laughs> we're going to give you a manager. His name's Paul Bearer. Oh, shout out to Paul Bearer. Oh, yes. yes. I was like, of, of all the greatest manager and wrestling combinations of all time, that is easily the top. It is, absolutely. Like, like oh, yes. 
I'm probably going to say the number one. I can't think of a better man. Like, maybe Bobby Heenan, maybe, but The Undertaker, Paul Bearer. Uh, Bobby Heenan was with way too many people. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was the best manager wrestler combo. I, I would rank it number two behind the guys that broke The Undertaker's streak. Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. No. Absolutely. Oh, no. I, I Paul Heyman no. and Brock Lesnar. Good, but not the best. The no. undisputed best. No way. No. Better than no. anyone he... Undisputed Vito. best? Absolutely not. Veto, I say. Heenan had, a, Heenan had a lot of different guys. Heyman and... Uh, or Bear and Undertaker were great. Heyman and Lesnar are the greatest. Wow. Controversial. Tell us what you think in the comments, by the way. Um, yeah, please, please excoriate this man. Not only was the Undertaker the best gimmick, so many people have become great because of their association with this gimmick. Yes, Brother Love started it. Million Dollar Man started it. Paul Bearer took it. So look at Kane. Kane came in and took it further. We also had like Sarah. His wife even became you know yeah. somewhat famous. Then we had the you know the the motorcycle gimmick, and it just evolved. And then like you said, Brock Lesnar beating him. Then that. Yeah. There was no more oh shit moment in WWE than yeah. the streak, and so so many people have fed their families because of the Undertaker gimmick. So, shout out to the Undertaker. Yeah, Vin- Vince McMahon has fed. Hit. I mean, Vince McMahon is now like a multi multi billionaire. You don't think that having someone like Undertaker, he might not have taken the company to the heights of Austin or Hogan, but having that stalwart there, having that horse to just ru- just ride through so many hard times. Yes. I was like, imagine a time if if the Undertaker were actually to go to WCW. Like, oh, that would be Jesus. devastating to WWF at the time. Yeah. It's like one of the most loyal people of all time in the wrestling history, True. In the wrestling business. Locker room leader. Stuck around yeah. 30 plus years. I imagine he, imagine he had went to uh, WCW oh. during the height of the Monday Night Wars. Oh, shout out to the Monday Night Wars. Oh. Well, gentlemen, like any time I have a three-way, this has been amazing. But I'm afraid I have to go home. All right. <laughs> <laughs> So, normally I would say, Sunny, take us home, but Sunny's not here. Am I the only one who had a lot of fun today? I'm just, I'm just going to put this that out. great. I'm I not had gonna, a decent amount of fun. I'm I not going to put those two things together that Sunny wasn't here and we had a great time, <laughs> but I'm just saying it happened. We love you, Sunny. Coincidences, you know? We like you, Sunny. <laughs> Eli. <laughs> so... You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook. We are at Yep ILW on any social media platform, anywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think we're on MySpace and Napster. We're everywhere. Tell us where we can find we're you. We're even sir. on Tout. We're on Tout. We're everywhere. We're on CNN. We're on Pornhub. We're everywhere at Yep ILW. Uh, and we're also on AIM. Uh, oh, shout out to AIM. You shout can out find to me AIM. at uh, on Instagram at underscore CVXI and... Uh, you can, uh, um, Kevin Wood, find me on Facebook. Like, Where can we find you, sir? I was like, now, if you want to see what's on my Instagram, you can contact mm-hmm. me at Think Panavision. And, of course, if you want to look me up as Roger Adams on uh, Facebook, you're free to do that as well. Uh, I don't know how many of you I will actually uh, be friend, <laughs> but you can try. Try your best. Try your best. You can find me, the general manager. I am at the Yep GM on Instagram. Also, I am the Yep GM on Twitter. Come out to the viewing party June 17th. We will be at Legends watching Money in the Bank. Other than that, we are out of here. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Give us Vince saying goodbye, Roger. Goodbye, pal. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. We'll see you later oh. next time. Oh, my God. The Macho Man showed up. Look at that. I don't know any impressions. I can't do it. Sorry. Sorry. I'm just going to say goodbye. That's all. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. <laughs>